Welcome to the White Spring Bunker. These halls were built to safeguard some of the most prestigious members of the United States government. Now we are all that remains. Though we are always looking for men and women capable of helping us restore what has been lost. In return, we offer this, our refuge from the world above. Please, take your time and look around. We've made great efforts to restore this place to its former glory. Welcome, member, to our little enclave. Welcome back, members. As always, I am the operative, your designated tour guide and host here at the White Spring. The new enclave emerges into an Appalachia full of danger, with monsters of all shapes and sizes, mysteries from both before and after the war, and technology potentially vital for rebuilding the region. Modus has discovered, deep in his partially damaged archives, intriguing bits of data that point to something going on at Atlas Observatory before the war. It wasn't just a facility to study the stars. Tantalizing clues as to what that might have been are enough to bring Lieutenant Colonel Valeri and her personal team out of the White Spring in the middle of winter and deep into the Savage Divide. In this episode, our characters will find themselves weighed, measured, and tested, and discover what dwells in the bowels of Atlas. Modus Archive Log Incident at Atlas Observatory. White Spring Bunker Network. Assignment, Atlas Observatory. Subject, Mission Details and Objectives. Background. Atlas Observatory was purchased by the Department of Defense before the war through a series of shell companies. While maintaining the outward appearance of a standard scientific installation, it was, in fact, the site of top-secret experiments. Files related to the nature of these experiments were lost in 2086 due to data corruption and physical damage. The information available does suggest the presence of unique technology, which should be procured and examined. Location. Savage Divide Region. Opposition. Supermutants have been active in the area, but we have no information related to the location itself. Recommend extreme caution. Enclave assets assigned. Team Alpha. Lieutenant Colonel Valeria. Major Lilith. Sergeant A. Stein. Private Thomas. Investigate the site and eliminate any hostile entities. Intact terminals and technology should be tagged for extraction. Files and holotapes should be recovered where practical or stored in a secure location for recovery. Mission status in progress. Remind me again why Modus sent us all the way out here in the middle of winter. For the hundredth time, Lilith. There could be some very important tech in Atlas that we need to get our hands on before someone else does. If you think this is bad, Lilith, you should have been with us back in 79, no, 80. President Chucklefuck sent us out in the worst blizzard any of us had ever seen on another one of his specimen runs. I think we lost half a dozen good agents of that godforsaken weather. This is a cakewalk in comparison. Ugh, you're so old. <laughs> At least I don't eat people. Shut it, people. 
We don't need all of Appalachia to know we're here. Sergeant, are you trying to get yourself killed? Relax, Private. This is all in good fun. Otherwise, it would be boring as shit out of here. That's one scary girl, no doubt about it. But everyone should be able to take a goddamn joke. Okay, team. It's gonna be dark soon. Atlas should be just over that ridge. We'll camp here. Stein and Lilith with me. Let's take a look. Thomas, break out the equipment and radio back to Bunker. Let them know we're here. That's bigger than I expected. Stein, is there anything else you can tell us about Atlas? All I really know about the location was hush-hush. Sounded like the federal government shut it down before the war, and Eckhart was too busy on his nuke China policy to put tabs on every little science project the government had going in Appalachia. It's a shame, too. We could have really used the big shiny toys. It looks boring. I'm just worried someone already looted the place. We're in the middle of old raider country. I find it hard to believe that Thorpe and his crew didn't get curious. By the looks of it, the Protectrons are still functional. The patrol patterns look fairly standard. If someone came and messed with them, they would be all over the place, shooting everything that moved. The building doesn't look too bad either. Maybe we got lucky. I don't believe in luck, Sergeant. Lilith, I need you to scout around the area. Modus pinpointed some super mutant activity north of here. I want to know what we're dealing with before we head across to Atlas tomorrow. But please, don't get into too much trouble. <laughs> no such thing, Val. Just be back before dark. We are hell and gone from the nearest support. I want to get in, see what we can find, and be out of there as quick as possible. Yes, ma'am. Are you sure that's a good idea? What? Sending Lilith out on her own? Yes, Lilith being out on her own. Oh, I'm not worried about Lilith. I'd be more worried about whatever or whoever she might run into. I don't doubt that she'll try to have a little fun. But she is absolutely reliable. Reliable? <laughs> that's not exactly the word I would use for her, Colonel. Did you happen to see those new grenades she brought along? What of them, Sergeant? And here I thought I was the one that came up with imaginative toys. But somehow she managed to figure out how to use Nuka-Cola Quantum, a soda, as a bomb. And I swear she was using fusion cores as the ignition. Oh, she's always had a thing for explosives. You should have seen what she put together in chemistry class back in Vault 76. The janitors were cleaning up for a week afterwards. Colonel, that's all well and good, but... Lilith is very good when it comes to self-preservation, Sergeant. I trust her not to blow herself up. <sighs> it's not her blowing up I'm worried about. Come on, Sergeant. Let's get the camp set up, and I'll send Thomas to watch Atlas. We've been walking all day, and I'm hungry, too. Latest weather report from Modus, Colonel. 
Should be clear for the next few days, but we could have a storm moving in after. Thank you, Private. We'll be long gone from here before then. If we find anything interesting, we're just tagging it for extraction later. Huh. I wonder what trouble Lilith got herself into this time. Enough, Sergeant. Private, report. Saw an explosion at the rail line, Colonel. Gunfire, too. That's it, ma'am. Alright. If you see or hear anything, let me know. gone are the days where people sing about West Virginia as almost heaven. After nuclear war and disease, it's far from heaven now. Far From Heaven, a Fallout 76 story podcast, is a tale of survival, conflict and hope set in the Fallout 76 game world. Join our survivors on their journey to reach that almost heaven once more. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon and many other great podcasting apps. Far From Heaven, Fallout 76 story, available now. It's almost dark, Colonel. I have eyes, Sergeant. I'm just saying. Ugh, fine. Major? Major, come in. Lilith, stop screwing around. What? Lilith! Why didn't you say something? Sorry, Val. I was eating. Don't you know it's not polite to talk with your mouth full? Mm. So what was that firing earlier? And the explosion? Oh yeah, that. Found those super mutants. They, uh, won't be a problem anymore. Fine. Do you actually have anything else useful to report? Atlas looks locked up tight. I'm still hoping there's something tasty inside. I'm still hungry. You're always hungry. And? Would it kill you to draw us a map? It would be nice to know exactly what we're getting ourselves into before heading across the tracks. Do I, Val? Yes, Lilith. Just because you can't waltz in and out doesn't mean the rest of us will, please. Fine. Lots of protectorons walking around, but their patrol patterns look pretty easy to avoid them. If we're quick. With all the snow, couldn't find any other tracks. And inside? I didn't go inside, you silly old man. I thought we went over this already. Lilith, enough, please. Stein, we'll reevaluate as soon as we're inside. Based on what Modus could find on the old databases, there's the main level and a couple of sublevels. All we need to do is check for the tech, download anything we find on active terminals, and we evac. No battle plan survives the first contact, Colonel. I'm sure your parents taught you that much, correct? Of course, Sergeant. Which is why we'll take things one step at a time once we're in the observatory. 
Thomas will stay on Overwatch and let us know if anything changes on the outside. It's getting dark. I want everyone to eat. Well, Lilith, you eat whatever. The rest of us have our rations. We'll rotate watch tonight and leave first thing in the morning. Yes, ma'am. The team settled in as the sun set over the mountains and the temperature dropped close to zero. They took turns on watch during the night, and in the late evening, Thomas swore he saw something to the south. It might have been another small campfire or flare even, but before he could grab Stein, it was gone. As inexperienced as he was, he ended up forgetting about it when Lilith took over her shift. It wasn't really his fault. Lilith just scared the piss out of him, and about everyone else in the bunker, too. And being this close to her for an extended assignment was rattling him. They were all up just before dawn. Valeria appointed Thomas to where she wanted him to post up, but also make sure that the radio didn't freeze, and most of all, pay attention. If he saw anything out of the ordinary, he was to notify them immediately. Enclave Team Alpha fanned out and made their way down towards the railroad tracks as the first rays of sun started to peek over the horizon. Damn. Still so fucking cold. I wasn't going to agree with Lilith in front of everyone, but Modus must have been out of his metal mind to send us out here in this weather. I don't care if it ain't a blizzard. At least the Colonel was saying and doing all the right things. Don't think she would have liked the old President Chucklefuck and his commie obsession. She really does want to rebuild. She's one vicious bitch, too. Not like Lilith, but man, she and Operative Gray would have gone along swimmingly. Watching her move? Yeah, her parents did her a service. Getting those other vultures in shape? I had to put the fear of me into them just to get them off their asses and start acting like soldiers. Some of them, yeah, they're okay. Pukes and logistics aren't worth the price of admission, in my not-so-humble opinion. Damn. That observatory is huge. I can't believe I never got around to visiting this place, even before the war. At least Lilith was right about bots. Still moving. Easy to avoid. I'd rather save ammunition for later on. Ugh. Should have eaten more before we left. I'm fucking famished. Can't eat bots. Hope to hell there's something inside I can chow on. Those super mutants were tasty, but mm, variety is the spice of life. Got the feeling we'll find some interesting stuff inside. There hasn't been a place in Appalachia that doesn't have its run of scorched ferals or whatever else has been running around for the past 25 years. Glad we're out again. That bunker was making me itch. Feels too much like 76. At least we don't have that overseer bitch around. But Modus gets on my nerves. It's fun playing with the others. Just like 76, they scare so easy. I know Val wants me to behave, at least around the bunker. And she did give me that armor for Christmas, too. Never felt like I had a family, though my mom was never bad. Killing her, well, it happened. Couldn't help that she found out what she found. Collateral damage, getting rid of dear old dad. Val's just different. She doesn't scare. 
And hell, she found my little secret and didn't tell. I don't trust people. But in a way, she's just like me. Maybe one day we'll find out just how much like me she really is. Shit. Stupid bots. I motion for Val and Stein to stay put. One of those lousy protectorons is coming this way. Something knocked it out of its pattern. I really don't want to shoot it. That'll get all the others in a dizzy. I'll just stay still. Pretty sure it senses our shit in this weather. Oh, good. Must have rebooted. Fucker is headed back to its regular path. Gotta love tech these days. Works about half the time, and only works right about half of that. Gotta watch those damn laser turrets. Saw them turn a mole rat into ash before. Don't feel like eating burnt meat this time around. There's the entrance. Just over there. Oh, good. The turret is on the fritz, just hanging by its wires. I motioned to Valenstein. We've got three minutes to get inside before the next bot shows up. Stein picked the lock right quick and we got inside. The place smells god-awful, like multiple things crawled in here to die. I swear I saw Lilith licking her lips. It's none of my business what she does in her spare time, but sometimes it's a bit too much even for me. Having Stein around is both a blessing and a curse. I still can't believe Modus had him cooped up in a coma since 86. And brain damage? Well, I think everyone would agree that the sergeant definitely isn't all there, but he has been whipping the men into shape. Between him and those gutsy drill instructors we snagged from McClintock, the teams might just be ready for some more rigorous assignments. Of course, Stein also knows where some bodies are buried. Eckhart didn't do Appalachia any favors with his obsession, but the Enclave is still the best chance we have to rebuild. And if Stein can point us to some of the more interesting pieces of research and tech, well, it would be worth the effort. But Stein is definitely not stable either. I thought Lil was good at explosives, but that man gives her a run for her money. I had to kick him out of the science lab twice already after being told he was playing with fusion cores again. I think the bunker was getting to him, so this mission was as much a sanity check as it was for his skills. Damn, this place is a mess. Besides the smell, a bunch of water got in here. I guess that's good for us, as it probably means most of the internal defenses have been corroded. Best to be careful, though. Okay, Colonel. What's the plan? Sergeant, I want you to do a sweep of the upper floor. Look for records, notes, active terminals. Anything that might give us some insight as to what they were working on before the war. Fine. But I don't think we're alone in here. Anyone else hear that scratching? Sounds like we got some company below. Ooh, yummy. Lilith, please. Probably just ghouls or maybe a few scorched. Nothing Lilith and I can't handle. We'll take the lower levels and meet back here in 20 minutes. We'll stay in radio contact. All due respect, Colonel. I don't like it. We should really stick together. I appreciate that, Sergeant. But the facility is bigger than we expected, and there are only three of us. Lilith and I can handle ourselves. 
Private Thomas had just finished his latest report back to the White Spring. A whole lot of nothing as far as he was concerned. The low cloud cover over the entire region meant no useful information from the Kovac, and all Thomas could tell base was that the Colonel, Major, and Stein were inside the observatory. He pulled his white poncho tighter around his body as the freezing wind blew in from the west, down from the peaks behind him. Thomas picked up his binoculars and did a quick scan of the surroundings, but he didn't see anything besides the patrolling bots. Even the tracks from the team were nearly indistinguishable as the wind blew the snow into deeper piles. Putting the binoculars down, he turned back to the small fire to warm his hands. It was his bad luck to have turned away at that moment. Down outside the observatory, a lone figure, nothing more than a dark splotch against the white landscape, made its way through a wide hole in the fence opposite from where Team Alpha had entered and disappeared behind the building. When Thomas turned back, there was nothing left to see, and he settled back into what he considered the same boring routine, waiting for something to happen or for the colonel to return. Stein was rummaging through some old filing cabinets and terminals on the main floor. This was definitely no regular research project, which confirmed what he'd heard right back after the war. Lots of old Department of Defense memos and acquisition reports, all pointing to some real hush-hush project being done by the scientists here. He stuffed a few of the more interesting reports and notes into his pack, but he still hadn't found anything that explained what was actually going on. He hoped the colonel was having more luck down in the lower levels. Stein had a familiar itch between his shoulders. Something didn't feel right. He was inserting a blank holotape into one of the active terminals when his ears perked up. From a distant part of the facility, Stein could hear the sound of metal on metal, and then a hollow boom. Stein flipped on this Pip-Boy, the older version the Enclave had used just before the war and a lot more comfortable than the Vault-Tec paperweight he'd been given previously. Colonel... Shit. Come on, Colonel. Colonel, come in. Major. Colonel. Major. Anyone copy? Over. Swearing again, Stein ejected the holotape from the terminal and grabbed his rifle. Something was blocking the radio signals. Maybe the building itself or some tech still active down below. He was smart enough not to start yelling, but he had to find the rest of the team. He could still hear the banging but it seemed to have moved to another part of the structure, because it was distant, softer now. Then he heard gunfire, the staccato pop of an automatic. It sounded like either Lilis or the Colonel's, but with the reverb and echoing, he couldn't tell exactly where it was coming from. Stein tried one last time to reach anyone, including Thomas on the outside, but nothing. As the gunfire continued down below, he swore under his breath and headed towards the stairs. Shit, he thought to himself. What a way to start the day. Even more ghouls. Looks like there's a whole nest of them down here and in the basement as well. Can't tell if they were former staff of the observatory or just some wandering horde that decided to make this place their home. It's funny how the Protectrons just seem to ignore them. Guess they don't consider them people or a threat, since the ghouls leave them alone too. Lilith and I cleared out the first couple of rooms. I was able to take them out using our silenced weapons before they knew we were here. Lots of equipment still here, including active terminals. Can't take the time to copy anything yet. Gotta get this place empty first. Tried to raise Stein on the radio. No luck. Might have to backtrack if we can't communicate. Don't want to get stuck down here without backup. It is a bit of a maze, though. Lots of tech still lying around. Looks like someone was working here after the war. I'm seeing jury-rigged terminals and equipment that appears to have been moved. Not recently, but definitely post-war. Notes and journal entries from a Dr. Hammond. Atlas Project. 
Not very original, but then again, it was a military-run operation. Huh. Looks like some kind of weather-related research. Weather control, maybe? I think Modus might have been right about this place after all. Lilith. Oh, hell. Where did she go? I guess she got bored. Stein, come in, Sergeant. Nothing. Just static. Can't raise Stein. Lilith's probably looking for something to eat. I made a mistake. We should have stayed together. Damn, that's close. Lilith probably ran into some more stragglers. At least I have a direction to go in. God damn it. I'm bored and hungry. These damn ghouls taste funny too. Valeria's still hunting for tech. I'll just pop over to these other rooms and see if I can find something that tastes better. Looks to be some kind of server room back here. Just more junk and robots. Guess I need to go downstairs again. I can hear some movement in the basement. If it's just more ghouls, I might just scream. Oh, what's that sound? A lot more ghouls. Well, I guess I shouldn't scream. Just kill them instead, right? Thin them out with the rifle. Then I'll use the blade. Want to get my hands dirty. Maybe if I tenderize them, they'll taste better. Should I at least let Val know where I am? Nah. She'll be fine. Lilith rounded the corner and emptied her magazine into the host of ghouls. She wasn't shy about getting up close and personal, moving into their midst, cutting a swath through the moaning creatures, ducking their attempts to slash at her while she reloaded and fired again one-handed. Lilith was in her element, spraying the walls with ghoul guts and blood. She loved the feel of the blade as it cut deep, and with her strength, she easily cut arms from torsos and decapitated the ferals with a single blow. Of course, it also generated quite the racket, which could be heard throughout the facility. Valeria was working her way down into the basement, running into a few ghouls of her own. Unlike Lilith, she was clinical in dispatching the creatures with single, silent shots. She thought she heard something else above the din of battle, metal against metal, which she hadn't heard before. She was losing control of the situation. Best to grab Lilith, get back upstairs, come up with a better plan of action. Atlas wasn't going anywhere, and they couldn't recover anything if they were dead. Stein had started downstairs, but then a blast of cold air had hit him, coming from the other side of the building. As far as he could tell, none of the doors had been open. He had to check this out. He followed the cold breeze until he got to the loading dock. The side entrance door had been ripped from its hinges and several ghouls lay dead around the open door. He leaned down to examine the bodies. They'd been either crushed or nearly torn apart by something. Then he saw the tracks in the snow outside. Stein was suddenly hit by the realization that someone else was here. In power armor. Oh, shit. This is bad. This is very, very bad. I have to get the colonel now. Below, Lilith was having the time of her life. The ghouls kept coming. There must have been a whole nest of them infesting the bowels of the observatory. Working her way through a wave of them, she ended up in a large open technical area. Covered in blood and gore, it was hard to tell her from the ghouls she was fighting. 
She was raising her blade when a large charred ghoul was bodily thrown across the room through a door on the opposite side. It hit the wall and left a bloody smear as it slid to the floor, dead. The door frame itself exploded outward as a metal monstrosity marched into the room. It was the strangest-looking set of power armor Lilith had ever seen. It might have been a T-51B at one point, but had since been heavily modified with armor plate and spikes, and it was carrying a huge sledgehammer. The remaining ghouls threw themselves at the suit of power armor, but they were easily brushed aside or crushed underneath its hammer. I might just need to get me one of those. To the operator, Lilith looked like just another ghoul, and it advanced upon her. Lilith cracked a thin smile even if she was confronted with the swinging hammer. She dodged easily, and the hammer cracked the concrete floor. She laughed as she grabbed a piece of rebar and slammed it against the side of the helm, bending the bar. Taking a few steps back, the two squared off, and all Lilith could think about was cracking open that tin can and seeing what was inside. Valeria cleared out the last of the ghouls and could hear the commotion coming from down the hall. She thought she heard something else, too, like a long-winded scream coming from somewhere, but she couldn't place it. Anyway, she needed to find Lilith. Rushing down the corridor, Valeria found herself in a room filled with dead ghouls, and Lilith trying to fight hand-to-hand -hand against someone in the weirdest suit of power armor she'd ever seen. Lilith was dodging and ducking the large sledgehammer wielding giant while swinging a piece of rebar. The cracking of concrete and thuds of impacts nearly drowned out everything else in the space. Valeria tried to process what she was seeing and what the hell to do next. Her rifle wasn't going to do a thing against that suit of power armor, and grenades were too big a risk in the enclosed space. While she was thinking, she didn't hear the shuffling of feet behind her, or the heavy breathing. Lilith! She finally got Lilith's attention, at the worst possible moment. Hi, I'm Fire Rider, and I'm the host of The Pixel People, a podcast dedicated to taking a close look at our favorite characters from our favorite video games. From major characters who define the course of the game's storyline, to smaller characters who you might have never noticed. Every week, we go beyond the quest line to examine a particular character's story arc and choices, and discover the real-world parallels and life lessons hidden just below the surface. I hope you'll join us. You can find the Pixel People on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. God damn it. This place is a maze. I see supply rooms, tech everywhere. I can't find anyone. At least they all left a trail of bodies for me to follow. Nothing on the radio, and the pit boys are acting weird. Something in it is in here, putting out a crazy amount of interference. If we survive, it definitely ups the priority for security in this place. What's that sound? Oh no. Oh shit. I've heard that before. And all these years trying to forget it. I think one of those things are down here. Team Coyote was nearly wiped out back in 83 when they had to bring a couple back for study. I have to get the Colonel. Now. Lilith finally heard Valeria and she hesitated briefly in her fight, turning to see her friends standing there in the doorway. She thought she saw something behind Val too, but before she could do or say anything, she was hit with a backhand swipe and sent sprawling into the corner. 
Ow! That hurt, you pile of scrap. Valeria raised her rifle, thinking she might get the attention of whomever was in that power armor. From behind, she caught the sound of something bounding down the hallway, chuffing and scraping against the cement floor. She started turning towards the noise, catching a glimpse of something charging towards her. Beyond, Stein had just turned the corner and could only watch as the creature crashed into Valeria, knocking her into the room onto the floor between Lilith and her opponent, her rifle flying from her hand. <laughs> the creature's talons tore through her parka, leaving long gouges in the armor underneath. She struggled to push the thing off of her, screaming when its claws found a seam between the armor pieces, staining the floor with her blood. Stein fired into the thing's back, but it seemed to shrug off the bullets, instead focusing on disemboweling its prey. Valeria held one hand in front of her, pressing against its face as it snapped at her, trying to get to her neck. With the other, she tried to reach her combat knife, holstered at her hip. The creature's sunken eyes focused on hers. Slime dripped from its mouth, and the fetid breath nearly caused her to gag. As Valeria's hand closed around the hilt of her knife, the foul beast raised its arm and slashed across her face, and her world exploded in pain. Lilith's heart skipped a beat when she saw the blood splatter against the wall. Her improvised weapon lay broken at her feet, so she reached into her grenade pouch. Her opponent moved as well, seeing the creature as the greater threat, and knocked it off its now helpless victim with a backhanded blow. The suit of power armor towered over Valeria as she lay bleeding on the ground. Her eyes were filled with blood and her skin felt like it was on fire. Her hand was still on the knife as she tried to raise it to defend herself. The creature howled again and prepared to leap back into the fray. Lilith pulled out the first explosive she found and threw it in the direction of the creature, hoping the explosion would distract or even kill it. Stein saw Lilith throw the grenade and realized it was one of the special ones she built. About the same time Lilith saw she'd made a terrible mistake. In the beats between realization and action, Stein took two steps and jumped, tackling Lilith and the two of them ended up sliding behind an overturned filing cabinet. The improvised grenade was set to explode on impact, and it landed squarely in front of the creature as it charged. Then the bright light of the detonation consumed everything. Colonel Valeria, come in. Sergeant Stein? Anyone there? Ugh. Major Lilith? Oh, crap, is all Thomas could think as he grabbed his rifle and the radio and ran down towards the railroad tracks, then across them and up to the other side towards the now-smoking building. When he turned the corner, he could see the side of the building with a huge hole in the lower level, billowing black smoke. Debris littered the landscape, and Thomas looked for any sign of his team. Colonel! Major! Sergeant! Anyone! <coughs> Fucking... Jet balls! What the fuck? When Thomas found Stein, his face was blackened by smoke and ash, and it took another minute for his ears to stop ringing enough so that he could hear what Thomas was asking him. Where's the colonel? Who? What? Oh, fucking shit. Find her, goddammit. I'll look inside. You look here. I think she's hurt. Real bad. Stein stumbled back into the building, looking for Valeria. As he made his way and the ringing in his ears started to ease up, he could hear Lilith cursing. Goddamn metal-ass fucker. He found her pounding on the modified suit of power armor, venting her frustration. From the looks of her, she was a bit singed by the explosion, but still in one piece and madder than hell. Whoever was in that power armor wasn't moving. Probably knocked unconscious. Get your ass off the power armor, Lilith. We need to find the colonel. Fuck you. 
Get it together, Lilith. Your friend, our colonel, is here somewhere and probably badly hurt. You want to be pissed? Fine, but do something productive with it. How dare you? I'm gonna... Sergeant! I found her! Come quick! She's in bad shape! Their argument quickly forgotten, the two ran through the smoke outside to where they found Thomas kneeling down beside the crumpled form of the colonel. Her white parka was shredded and covered in blood, staining the snow around her. Lilith gave an anguished cry before reaching down to turn Valeria over. The colonel was unconscious and bleeding. She had a large and deep set of lacerations on her face, from her hairline down to her cheek. There was so much blood that Lilith couldn't tell exactly how bad it was, but it looked really, really bad. Valeria moaned softly, and Stein pulled out his med kit and quickly administered a stim pack to the colonel's side. No, no, no. I'm gonna pry that tin can open and skin him alive. Listen to me, Lilith. Val's not dead. Yet. And whoever is in that tin can might have saved her life if you were paying attention. So, before you go and do something stupid, grab me another stim pack and help. Lilith stared at Stein before looking down at her wounded friend. Her rage subsided and she felt an unfamiliar ache in her chest. She put down her pack and started rummaging through her supplies. Just help her, please. She can't die. I won't let that happen. I'm better at taking people apart, not putting them back together. Thomas! Get on the horn with the White Spring. Let them know we have a situation here and we need an evac as soon as possible. Lilith attempted to control her anger. Turning back towards the building, her foot hit something partially buried in the snow. She looked down and saw the twisted body of the creature that had tried to kill her friend. It was burned and broken, but also still moving. She gritted her teeth and snarled, reaching down and grabbing the creature by its neck. As its sunken eyes turned to look up at her, she put her foot on its chest and she pulled, harder and harder, until she felt the tendons give way, then the bones. Stein heard the snap and looked over as Lilith ripped the head off the creature. She took the head between her hands and crushed it like it was a ripe grape, gore dripping down between her fingers. Just fix her, okay? For the first time, instead of the eyes of a killer, Stein saw the eyes of a scared little girl. We'll fix her. I'll carry her all the way back to the White Spring myself if I have to. For Lilith, the scared little girl retreated back down a deep dark hole, to be replaced with the killer again. Her eyes turned a deeper shade of black and she pointed at the smoking hole in the side of the observatory. He's coming too. She turned and walked into the smoke, disappearing from sight. I guess she's not going to kill him? Okay, Thomas. What did Ops say? Are they coming to get us, or what? They said the closest is a training team currently in Mononga. Ops wanted us to meet them halfway. Please tell me that's a joke, Private. No, sir. Ops says it's the only way to get out of here before the weather hits. Lilith came back out of the smoke dragging a body. It was the operator of the power armor. He was unconscious, but otherwise unharmed. Stein gave him a quick look. He was older, wearing a set of ragged army fatigues. There was still an old name tag on the chest, but it was covered in a thick layer of dirt. He wiped away some grime and could sort of make out a name. M-U-L-E-R something. The man sported a scruffy beard and several bruised knots on his head. Lilith hadn't been gentle when she removed him from the armor. He's coming with us too. I don't care who he is, but if he's a bad guy... I get first dibs. 
fine. But he's your responsibility, Lilith. And if he wakes up, he's walking the rest of the way there. Got it? <laughs> I do hope he wakes up. Her grin sent chills down the sergeant's spine. She threw the unconscious man over her shoulder and started walking back towards their base camp. Sergeant Stein finished up with the colonel as best that he could. He wished Molly was here. She'd know what to do, and she made a much better doctor than he'd ever be. He didn't believe in God or the hereafter, but he still said a silent little prayer. Stein slid his arms under Valeria and picked her up. She moaned softly. Sorry. He didn't know why he was apologizing, since she couldn't hear him anyway. But it seemed like the right thing to do. He started carrying her in a makeshift sling, being as gentle as possible. Enclave Team Alpha retreated from Atlas, chastened and broken, and headed off into the hills, leaving their tracks in the snow, soon to be wiped away by the wind. The wasteland is an unforgiving place. Life is cheap and mistakes are costly. The fate of our team will be revealed in our next episode of The Modus Files. Thank you again, members, for joining us here on The Modus Files. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe, and better yet, please leave a review to help others find our little enclave. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Modus Files, for more information about our podcast, Fallout 76 content, and random musings on the enclave. I'd also like to thank our growing cast, Brad Williams as the voice of Modus, Mandy Marie B. as Lieutenant Colonel Valeria, Lucy Middleton as Major Lilith, XO one King as Sergeant Stein, Aaron Foster as Private Thomas, and Aaron McNamara as Dr. Harefield. We'd also like to thank the Mr. Jones Show for providing our podcast cover art. You can find him on Twitter at Blanken Media. And a shout out to the Apocalyptic Aristocracy Discord, home to a great group of fellow creators, the Robots Radio Podcast Community, and the rest of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. And Jeremiah Johnson, our favorite character artist, who provided the wonderful character artwork you can find on our website. Lastly, thank you to all of our subscribers and supporters. God bless the Enclave, and God bless America. Members, we look forward to your next visit to our little Enclave.